Hi there, and welcome to the All About Everest podcast, episode 14, the 2015 Everest disaster and avalanche at base camp. In 2015, an earthquake in the region, mainly in Nepal and India, triggered an avalanche from Pomori, causing it to go into base camp and 22 people died. And that's the topic of this episode today. Here we go. So we're finally back to doing episodes on Wednesday. The last couple of weeks has been full of kid drama and medical drama, but we're now back to the episodes airing every Wednesday. They usually drop about 10 o'clock mountain time and that's in the U.S. So I'm very excited that I'm now back on track. The next thing is, is that I have your Everest updates for you today. They're a little bit longer than normal, and that's just because the Everest season is now in full swing. Um, the teams, most of the teams are already there at base camp or on their way to base camp from Kathmandu, and it's onward and upward, pardon the pun. As of today, 292 total permits have been issued. Um, of those, 224 have been issued for men, 68 for women, and a total of 36 teams. Of those permits, they come from 55 different countries, and the country with the most people Attempting the summit this year is the United States with a total of 63 permits and 50 of those for men and 13 for women. Usually China and India have really large teams that get permits and attempt the summit, but for whatever reason, those numbers are very low this year. So far, India has 22 permits this year and China has 10. So the amount of permits to date can still change, but it shouldn't be by much just because, again, the teams are already headed that way. Most of the paperwork's been filed and everything like that. I had mentioned, I think it was last episode or the one before that when I did um, the Everest updates for 2022 that there would be no Ukrainians this year attempting the summit. However, there is one Ukrainian that will be attempting the summit this year. 33-year-old Antonina Semolova will be the only climber from Ukraine, and she's attempting it from the Nepali side, obviously, because Tibet is closed. Basically, what she wants to do is rally support for her country, which is going through one of the hardest times right now. I have so many friends that have family in Ukraine and friends that are currently in Ukraine that it's, it's just so tragic. I can't even explain it in words how, how I feel about this whole thing. And I think it's amazing that She's going to climb Mount Everest and hopefully boost the morale of those fighting and also her countrymen that are really struggling and suffering right now. 
The first death on Everest occurred last week. It was Nima Tenji Sherpa, 38, and IMG Sherpa, who was part of the team that was carrying loads back and forth through the Kumbu Ice Fell and up Everest. And no one's really sure how he died. My understanding is he was carrying a load. He sat down and just died. So no one really knows how it happened or what the cause of death is. And usually in a lot of those situations, I mean, sometimes cause of death is unknown on Mount Everest or people disappear or they think, you know, it could be exhaustion Altitude sickness, hay, pace, any of those things. But our hearts do go out to his family. And he did die in the Kumbu Icefall, even though he did not die because of the risks of the Icefall. Let's just make that clear. He didn't fall or there was an avalanche or anything like that. It's just he died. The route through the icefall has been completed and they've also almost finished all of the fixed ropes up to camp two. They only used four ladders this year to get through the Kumbu icefall and it's being reported that the icefall looks fairly easy this year and easy should be in quotes because there really is nothing easy about the Kumbu Icefall. Normally, they'll use anywhere between 20 to 30 ladders to cross the Kumbu Icefall. And when they create that path, it's a mixture of fixed lines, anchors, and ladders to cross those huge crevasses. The teams at base camp are already working on acclimatization, so that's good, and they'll be ready for their summit bids in May. There's not an estimated window as of yet. Uh, two of the biggest pushes this year that have really nothing to do with summits is they're working extremely hard to clean up all of the trash on Mount Everest. And there's a couple new programs that aren't necessarily new, but are being implemented and regulated better. So we'll see how that goes. And I'll get into more detail maybe next episode. And then the other thing too is that uh, in 2019, four weather stations were installed. Two of them are not working properly right now. So what they're doing is that there's a team that will be working on those weather stations. Um, those weather stations are really important. Not only do they help predict the weather so that um, they can better estimate when the best summit windows are and save, save people essentially because it comes down to safety when you pick the perfect weather window because weather as we can tell from 1996, can play a huge part in summit attempts and can essentially cause people to die. So hopefully they can get those working 
And then the other thing too is they also collect data which can help in research for um, global warming and how the weather is essentially changing on Mount Everest. So hopefully they'll get that done. There was one other update I wanted to give about Mount Everest for this season. There is a woman who is attempting to complete the 14 um, highest peaks in the quickest amount of time. It was done last year by Nimsde, Nims Persia, Nirmal Persia, however you um, know him as. But if you've seen the documentary 14 Peaks on Netflix, he ultimately completed that and created a new record. Um, it took him about seven months. So there's a woman this year who's trying to be the first woman to complete it the fastest, also in seven months. Um, and I can't remember her name. I wrote it down at work and I left the sticky note sitting on my desk. So I'll give you more information on that next week, but I'm excited. You know, I, I really applaud and cheer on those women that are trying to do these big things because they can do it just as much as the next person. And, you know, it's shattering that glass ceiling of mountaineering. As I've mentioned before, you know, mountaineering essentially has been a men's world, but now it's becoming equal. When I did the last episode about the 2014 Everest disaster, I posted it on the 17th and essentially on the 18th, it was eight years since it had happened. So I just wanted to mention that um, many of the teams that had made it to Everest Base Camp, they chose not to climb that day this year because out of respect because it was the eight year anniversary. If you want daily or more thorough Everest 2022 updates, I really suggest that you follow Alan Arnett. Um, he's the dude who's kind of known as the Everest expert. And not only does he cover Mount Everest, but he covers a lot of the other peaks as well with a big focus in the Himalayas. And he does, this time of year, he does almost daily updates. So I don't get into as much detail as he does. And he also does general mountaineering in the Himalayas. So he follows K2 and Annapurna and some of the other mountains. So I highly suggest, or I highly recommend, not suggest, that you follow him if you want those uh, more frequent and more thorough updates. On April 25th, 2015, a 7.8 earthquake struck Nepal and the countries around it, causing an avalanche to come down from Pomori into Everest Base Camp. 22 people were killed and there were people stranded on the mountain. There were avalanches and mudslides throughout Nepal. It really sticks in my mind because um, I had I had friends that were trekking in Nepal. It's like a very 
Israeli thing that once you fill, finish the military, you go on these treks and backpack either, you know, Asia or around India, South America. And I had some friends that were in Nepal and it popped up on my Facebook that there was this um, avalanche and I didn't realize how many of my friends were in India and Nepal at the time. And uh, one of my friends had been trekking through the Khumbu when um, the avalanche happened. And it it's it is the most tragic day that has ever occurred on Mount Everest. And there's nothing that could have been done to prevent it because it's a natural disaster. So it doesn't matter if you had extra oxygen or if you acclimatized or whatever. Basically, you're at the mercy of the elements and a total of 22 people died. And already I need to make a correction. It was actually 24 people who died during the 2015 Everest avalanche. So basically what happened is this huge avalanche came out of nowhere. You can find links on YouTube and you can see just how sudden it is. And it came right into the middle of base camp, sweeping away tents and just demolishing everything. And normally when you look at pictures of base camp, you see all these neat little rows of tents, but in the aftermath, it just looks like a pile of snow with just, you can't even tell that there are tents really what was left over unless you really looked closely and you even knew that there were tents there. It was a truly tragic thing. Um, and one of the books that's really good. And I mentioned this last week. It's not about the summit by Ellis Stewart. So he attempted to climb Mount Everest in 2014 and 2015. Um, he's known for his book. It's not about the summit, but he also funded his entire trip through, um, crowdfunding or crowdsourcing. And so he made, you know, he went to Mount Everest twice, 2014 and 2015. 2014, we know that they had the incident at the Kumbu Ice Fell where 16 people died and essentially the mountain was closed from the Nepali side. And then in 2015, there was the avalanche and Again, the Nepali side of Mount Everest was closed. Nobody summited in um, 2015. Initially, the Nepali government was going to let people continue if they wanted to. And then in the end, they just shut it down. Besides reading the book by Ellis Stewart, there is a fantastic documentary called Nightmare on Everest that is about the 2015 Everest avalanche and it's so heart-wrenching um it doesn't it's not just about the avalanche 
at base camp, but also about the stories of some of the trekkers that were in Nepal at the time and um, what happened to them. It's absolutely devastating, but it is told in a very beautiful way. And I highly recommend that you watch it. Have tissues though, because maybe it's just me, but I always cry when um, I watch Everest documentaries and people die. And also in a lot of the um, older documentaries, if you're familiar with Mount Everest, a lot of those people in those documentaries from you know, five, 10, even 15 years ago um, are no longer living because they died of mountaineering accidents or other things. So check out that documentary for sure. Um, again, there was no way that it could be stopped. It's really hard just in general to determine what will cause an avalanche. Um, it, a lot of it depends, normal avalanches, right? A lot of it depends on what type of snow is on top, the angle of the mountain and stuff like this. But this was something unheard of. I mean, it was an earthquake that triggered it. So it could have come from anywhere. It just, it had the conditions to do what it did and it just completely demolished base camp. Um, the numbers are kind of vague. Like I said, I, I think the correct number is 24. I've also heard 22. It could be at least 22. Um, everything that I've researched, it's just not clear. But the majority of the climbers that died that year were Nepali climbers. There were also climbers from the U.S., Australia, India, um, and Vietnam. Um, one of the American climbers that died was dad, Dan Fredenberg, and he was a Google executive. Um, the other ones that passed away, one of their stories is featured in that documentary, or in fact, both of their stories is included in that documentary. So again, you should check it out. So in the last... 10 years, the Nepali side of Mount Everest has been shut down in 2014, 2015, and in 2020 because of the pandemic. Um, in 2014, they only had a few summits from the Nepali side. In 2015, they had no summits from the Nepali side. And in 2020, they had no summits, I believe, from both the Chinese and the Nepali side. It's a good thing in a lot of the ways. I understand that people spend a lot of money. A lot of it is sometimes unrefundable. Um, even though I know a lot of the operators and the Nepali government tries to make it right when... Um, when permits are canceled or the climbing season is shut down because of a tragedy. But on the other hand, 
with so many people being on the mountain all of the time, it kind of deserves a rest time, you know, just as we as people need time to recoup and relax and rest, the mountain does as well. And hopefully this year things will pick back up, but not to the extent as they were in 2019 um, when there was that huge traffic jam and people died essentially because of overcrowding. I hope that this year there is a very safe season like last year. Um, 2021 had very few fatalities, but there were also a lot of companies that did not run expeditions last year. And there are people who left even before the weather window because of COVID and um, health concerns. I'm hoping that this year everyone stays safe and healthy and it's a really good climbing season. I love following all the different climbers because, you know, I'm not climbing Mount Everest, but at least I can send them good juju and um, I kind of feel like I live through them, you know. they are doing these amazing things and these great exploits and by following them on Facebook or online on their blogs and stuff like that I get a little part of that so next week next week's podcast episode I am going to talk about Sir Edmund Hillary I'm gonna do a full episode on him if it runs long like the uh, one about George Mallory did, I'll probably split it up into two parts just because I don't want an episode running like an hour or an hour and a half. I think a good time is between 15 to 30 minutes on average. However, if you do want longer podcast episodes, shoot me a message. Uh, email me and um, we'll go from there because essentially this podcast isn't necessarily for me. It's for you guys and your input and feedback is super important. It's how I make things better. And um, if again, if you have any feedback, any topics you want covered, anything like that, you can find us on social media, all about Everest podcast. You can also email me at mamabearoutdoors.com and um, please rate, subscribe, and review. It's really important. The more ratings I have or reviews, um, the more it gets bumped to the top. And essentially, the more people rate and follow, um, the easier it is for me to be able to continue to provide this podcast and make it better every step of the way. So next week's episode will be about Sir Edmund Hillary and we'll see you next week.